Welcome to the Low Carbon Business Podcast, the home of future thinking enterprise. For the innovators, the dreamers, the grafters, the progressive entrepreneurs, business is changing. It's taking more responsibility for its impact on the environment. With smaller firms being a creative wellspring for this shift, more and more SMEs are showing that being green is good for business, as well as doing good for the planet. We discuss global challenges from a local perspective, explore green technologies, new business models and sustainable supply chains. Tune in for useful tips, insight and information about how to improve your bottom line whilst making a positive impact on the planet. Let's jump in. According to a recent poll, only 1 in 10 UK-based SMEs measure their carbon footprint and one in five don't fully understand the term net zero. It's clear that more support is needed for businesses to connect the dots and make going green simple, actionable and affordable. That's where Zella comes in. Zella is a groundbreaking sustainability platform that helps businesses track environmental impact, reduce energy bills, offset carbon emissions and ultimately fight climate change. For this episode, we met Richard Garner, Zeller's Head of Partnerships, who gave us an insight into the fantastic work being done to support local small businesses in making real positive change. I'm Head of Partnerships, Richard Garner, for a company called Zeller, and Zeller is a sustainability software platform that is going to support small and medium-sized businesses on their sustainability journey. Brilliant. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to go on to saving money. Okay, because I think when we want to talk the language of business, money is normally the first thing that comes up. So I want to start this start this section with what are the main incentives for businesses to invest in their energy efficiency? Yeah, that's a brilliant question, Johnny, because I think it's something that businesses have really struggled with before in terms of why they need to go on this journey. And I think, you know, getting that message across to them is getting a lot better and a lot quicker and a lot easier now. But it has taken an awful lot of time and it will continue to take a lot of time as we go on this journey. You know, there's always early adopters in anything, um, the specific industries and sectors as well that are kind of taking the lead. We're kind of finding that manufacturers are, are putting themselves at the front of this, where maybe some of those more traditional type businesses, um, even professional services, are just taking that little bit longer to go on that journey. Um, but cost saving um, during our Zella journey as well, you know, creating that messaging about why businesses should go green has probably sat quite low down at the bottom of the list. It's more been around why they should be doing it for business reasons or the fact that they're going to be helping do their bit to save the planet and why they need to be doing it. But the saving money thing now, particularly with what's going on around energy prices, I mean, a big part of any business can do is actually make that transition to renewable energy. Um, but even just being on brown energy at the moment is costing them an absolute fortune. And when you've got so many of our customers that fall into that small businesses, you know, if they're spending an extra, um, well, £10,000 on energy or, or even 2000 it could actually be that the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of whether they can survive or not. So it's really becoming that really key. And we're actually sort of trying to, you know, make that more of a, a message, if you like, to these businesses, because I think in the past, investing in green technology or going to green services or providers is often seen as being a bit of a cost. Um, and it is sometimes it is an initial outlay or it might cost you a little bit more initially. But what we really need to try and focus is on the benefits and the cost savings that they can make by investing in that. Uh, change if you like 
um, because it is going to save them money. So just using an, an example, it's, you know, educating businesses about, for example, what solar panels could potentially do for them. Um, you know, there's a whole other conversation around that to make sure they get the right product and the right thing for their business, because I think in the past, maybe they've not trusted that, um, which is another question itself. But if you can actually show that business what they can save by taking these actions, um, whether it be through recycling, um, switching to renewable energy, investing in some tech, even having basic stuff like LED lighting or, you know, behavioural actions is a huge thing is what we're trying to encourage. So actually just shutting down your computer and turning your lights off in the office um, at the moment is actually going to save you quite a bit of money with the way that the costs are going. So, yeah, I mean, I could, we could talk about this all day, but I think it's something if we're going to get people to switch and have this way um, of switching to green, now it's actually a perfect time to do it, I think with everything that's going on around climate change and the costing, if we can get that right as a community, not just Zeller as a company, but everyone that, that takes a lead in this space, uh, we can really make things happen. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, it's great that you just said that because um, every business I've spoken to, they've all said just switching things off. You know, yeah. the amount of warehouses and factories that, like, and, and, and even construction companies, the, the, the amount of equipment that's left on overnight because yeah. it just seemed like a bit of a inconvenience to switch everything on in, in the morning and do things or just it was out of habit but actually having these mechanisms and systems in place to switch things off is is really key we kind of just touched on there about like the barriers sometimes barriers or, and the challenges that businesses have but i kind of want to go on to the barriers now and i, I want to look at you know what stops businesses from investing resources into lowering their carbon footprint Brilliant. That's a great question again. So we think there's three key things in, you know, we've been quite general here because with Zella, we feel our messaging needs to be be general and also resonate with those businesses. And I think in the past, sometimes, you know, academics and experts in, in this space often make it quite complicated for small businesses, but they don't understand it. So we need to do it in the, mo in the most cost efficient way. So the three things that I was going to mention is time. So they don't have the time to uh, go on this journey or they feel they need to input a lot. They've got loads of things going on, you know, priorities is probably serving someone a coffee or making sure that they can pay the bills at the end of the day. So that's why Zella, we believe, you know, you need to make that as, as time saving as possible. So spending as little as 15 months on our platform, 15 minutes a month, sorry, on our platform can actually create some great change. So it's making something that's really simple for them that they can use. Um, Money is the other one. So again, I've touched upon it in the first question, but they feel as though it's going to cost them money. So it's all about trying to educate them around why it might indeed save them money. And then the final one is expertise. So they feel they don't understand or know enough about this subject um, to actually start that journey. So we are looking at uh, a big part of the platform is actually to educate those people. So downloading resources around sustainability guides. Um, another big thing that we're really encouraging is actually the first behavioural question we ask for every business, no matter what sector they're in, is do you have a sustainability champion or officer in your business? Because we feel we're feeling this more and more. It's also not very often not the business owner because they've got so much going on. But if they've got that person within the business that can just go around and educate staff, employees um, on what being sustainable can do for the business and why it's so beneficial, they'll find that they'll get that buy-in and everyone will start doing it. I mean, even just encouraging them to cycle to work one day or not drive the car and get on the bike, you know, all these things that can be done, but behaviour is a big part. So sort of digressing a bit from that expertise message, but yes, we need to give them resources and webinars. And that's why we're partnering up with people that specialise in, in green tech, in recycling, in waste, in green energy that can actually provide resource and webinars around all these individual things to support them.
Amazing. Well, this is probably a good good chance for us to talk about the Zella platform now, actually, because um, I think one, it, we can look at the platform and how you help businesses, but it also be quite nice to know internally what you do at Zello in terms of the things that you do and hoping that you'll show a lot of best practice internally. But how does the how does the tool, how does the platform, sorry, measure uh, a business's carbon footprint in its simplest form? And then I suppose the second question to follow up that is how what's how what's the how's that relative to their bottom line there's a big thing around businesses they're, they're kind of probably a little bit scared about showing what they're doing now and feeling well i'm not brown i'm on brown energy i'm not recycling as efficiently as i should all these things are, are, are again a barrier to what we mentioned earlier about actually getting on that journey so yeah as i say we were going back to zara and we're on this journey we've got our profile actually our own profile and unlike lots of other companies you know we're we're okay but we're not perfect you know for example we're in a shared uh, office space so we cannot control a lot of the things that are, are relevant to that journey, but um, we are going to, you know, we're speaking to our, our landlord at the moment about transitioning to green energy. They're actually, which is great, uh, are actually recognising this. We're not the only ones asking these questions. And interestingly, a lot of new commercial property builders are now sort of designing and developing their premises to attract those types of businesses because anyone under the age of 30 it's one of the first questions that they're going to ask, you know, what is your building doing? Or is this a sustainable building I'm going to tell me all these things. So, you know, th that movement, again, that community movement will help us go on that journey a lot quicker. Um, so in terms of measuring the carbon um, on our platform, again, we've got to make this really easy for businesses. So they create their Zella profile. It's literally name, address. Um, there you are. You've done something brilliant. You've got a sustainability profile. So in terms of measuring their emissions initially, there is a bit of manual input they would need to do. So that's around. Um, in fact, we can actually do this on about 70% accuracy. If they actually put their business address in, we've got a really cool feature exclusive to Zeller where we can actually extract those um, electricity and gas details from their smart meter if they have one. So we can already tell them initially how, how much energy they're using, what type of energy. You'd be amazed how many businesses don't know where their energy is coming from or what, what it is, whether it's nuclear, brown or green. We've had customers who thought they were on sort of brown electricity tariffs are 100% renewable and never even knew. So it goes both ways as well. So, but they input that data. If they don't have, if you can't extract it through the smart data, then it's a bit of a manual input that goes on. Um, and we can, as well as sort of understand uh, who their supplier is, which they should hopefully know, but what their fuel mix is, how much they're using, we can also actually benchmark them in their sector. So if they are a hairdresser, for example, we've got access to over half a million data points, obviously some of which will be hairdressers, and we can actually benchmark them to see how they sit against all the other hairdressers in the UK. So it just gives them an early indication uh, through a little tool, a little sort of a bar on their on their profile that says, oh, we're, we're performing better than most hairdressers or we're performing slightly worse, but at least they've got an initial understanding of how they sit. And then other emission data, just to give you an idea of what else you can do on the platform is things like calculate your employee emissions in terms of their travel, um, we're looking at actually now with everyone working from home as well, how we can look at perhaps what people are using at home, because again, that's going to, in many ways, perhaps drive up, <coughs> drive up emissions, especially in the winter time when you've got people, you know, heating their whole house just because they're sitting at home working all day. Um, so, and then we've got the behavioural questions as well, because behavioural questions are actually linked to what they're doing around their emissions. So we're focusing on primary um, too technical, but primary and secondary emissions at the moment. Supply chain is something that we're building into the product um, next year. But again, this is so important. Businesses need to go on this journey in a logical and sequential order. So they have to understand what they're outputting now. They need to understand what their emissions are. 
because I think this is the problem. So many businesses that don't know that. And then they're saying, oh, you know, go and invest in electric vehicle fleet, go and get solar panels, go and get battery storage, transition to renewable. But until they actually understand where that energy, first of all, what they're using and then where it's being used, that won't, before they do that, they can't then go on to make that action plan and journey about how they want to achieve net zero or whatever it is they want to achieve over the next 10 years. So that's really key. Yeah, just to jump on that point now, in in, uh, in the digital marketing world, we have this saying that the narrative is in the numbers. And actually, this is quite relative to what to, to businesses, that the, a good starting point is to look at the data, is to look yeah. at how much you're spending, when are you spending it, where's your energy coming from, when, when does it happen, what time of the day. I think you really need to be clued up with how much energy you're using and and as, as a starting point and then that will start to then think well when can we save money how can we turn things off where how can we you know create um more energy into the business that's kind of thing so yeah that's an interesting totally point. and i think uh, you know finding out what equipment they've got in that premises as well is important and again it's totally different depending on what sector you're in but if you're a, a, a small cafe or restaurant for example a lot of that energy might be coming from the refrigeration system or a unit that you've got in the front of the shop, which is keeping everything chilled. So, you know, we can potentially work out, you know, with what that, you know, by asking them what equipment they've got is actually, and then we'll get their emissions is actually try and give them an indication of actually what that specific piece of equipment, not by the, you know, it's not going to be the finest degree, but if they've only got a few pieces of equipment, it's quite easy to work out, well, that's emitting 25% of your energy. You could actually get, a modern piece of technology that might cost you a few thousand pounds to invest in, but it's going to reduce your energy bills by 1500 pounds a year. It's going to pay for itself in four years and it's going to last you 15. So again, it's going back to that investment uh, piece. And, you know, everyone, you know, just I'll mention that now, Johnny, you know, there is funding available out there. So the work that we're doing with Derby University and the, the rest of the East Midlands on the platform, we're actually pointing all of our customers to the available green funding in those regions. So and there's loads out there and there will be more, but so many people don't know about it. So if they're thinking of investing in something for their business, it might be that there's a £5,000 grant there that can go towards that from a local government scheme. So it might even pay for itself or it might even um, cover part of it. So again, it's really important that people are aware of what the opportunities are around this space. Yeah, great. And I, I think we'll touch upon that at the end. That's interesting about the grants and the support out there, because I think a lot of businesses don't realise that there is lots of support in terms of government or local government, councils or business networks that are there. You know, that There is pockets of money to help them. You touched on something really interesting uh, there that I'd like to jump on, actually, was you were talking about the landlords, because we we talk about we talk a lot about in, in in sustainability in terms of reducing carbon looking at supply chains because you could be perfect you could all cycle to work you know you could have clean energy you could do all the right things but if you're buying in products and services from people that aren't doing the right things then that in terms of your business chain you know it's 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 going to have a negative impact so i'd like to jump on like landlords there so I don't know where the question is here, though, but I'm just kind of think of like, you know, what can businesses do to one, find out what their landlords are doing? And then two, I suppose, it's like, how can they influence that? And how can they try and get their landlords to be more green in the way that they're thinking and the way that they manage their properties? Yeah, great question. And I think this comes back to our, the whole community element. So you have to work with your cohabitants if you like of that particular office space or business park or or building whatever it might be to get that because if you just sit there and say oh you know 
he won't do anything. He's just interested in making money and, uh, you know, he won't listen to me. But if you, unless you start approaching these things as an individual business to that landlord, it's the more and more it's happening, the more and more people that are doing it, they will have to respond to it. So you've just got to have that community effort because if you, again, this is something we're speaking about, we need to also send that message to them commercially. So we're actually working with one business who um, built um, business who actually give Zella profiles when their tenants actually take that place. So the building will almost have a profile. It'll tell the story about what they're doing. And then the business can actually tag on the back of that and say, oh, you know, this building, we're in this office, it's using totally renewable energy. We've got LED lighting, all, all this stuff. It's been powered by solar panels. You know, they can tell those stories. And I think that penny will drop again. There's always the early adopters. We've got some forward thinking commercial landlords up in Manchester who get it and they're all over this now. But <laughs> there are landlords out there who might not quite understand this concept yet. So, but if they can realize that, you know, let's be honest, that might be something that they can increase rentals for just by having a green, and people will be willing to pay more money, you know, not maybe hundreds of pounds, but if they're willing to pay more money because they see the benefit of being in a green space, then that's probably when they, the landlords might start recognizing it. Totally agree. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, we're in between space at the moment. We had a studio pre-pandemic and now we've moved back home and now we're looking at where our next studio is going to be. And 100% I will be thinking, I'll be asking these questions when I go to look at spaces and um, workspace like units, shared spaces. I want, I'd, I'm going to be asking these questions where probably two years ago, I may have not done that. I would have just no. found the space, signed the lease and moved in. So yeah. actually, myself included, there will be a lot more people asking these questions. And like you yes. said, you know, it's um, it's an invitation to to get new businesses, new people through the door and occupying space. Yeah. Um, and this kind of leads on to the next section, really. And it's about doing the right thing. But what drives business leaders and senior management to be more ethical and more sustainable? I know we've talked about money, but what, what are the other considerations why business should be more thinking like yeah that way. It, it's such a great question johnny because it's something we're trying to work out in our messaging you know what what resonates with people and i think the best way at the moment all as far as we can get is it it kind of depends on that business owner and how they feel consciously around this subject that seems to be sort of the leading the leading driver and how important it is to their business so you've got to try and by understanding different sectors understanding different personalities it's then being really clever and this is what we're trying to do around getting all that data is then messaging that person in a way that it's going to resonate with them um because we want to reach all those hard to reach businesses in the end we've got to start with the leaders um, who understand what the benefits of doing this both commercially uh to do their bit to save the planet because it's the right thing but there's also businesses out there that just don't have any understanding whether it be through their culture or their history or whatever it might be i mean we're working with um you know and in a city businesses, for example, um, we're working with uh, B Global, who is sort of the main business unit for, for Nottingham City. And they're going to probably need, we're going to have to talk to those guys in a different way um, to understand, so they understand the benefits of going green than we would to um, a big corporation. So it's kind of get that messaging right. Um, but it's it's such a tricky one, Johnny. I think, I think we'll find, you know, in the short term, the cost saving will have to come up here and we've got to have to drive that through over the next year, 18 months. And maybe, like I said, that's the real opportunity now to, to get those people over subjectively, maybe more leading with the cost. But if you can then back it up with the fact that they are going to be greener, um, 
then it's a win-win really. Um, so it's it's such a tricky one because we've got customers who are the most passionate people around climate change and they will do absolutely anything, even if it costs their business money, even to the point where they're not making profit, they would they would do they would make that change. Yeah. And you've wow. got that. And then you've got all the way up to um, this gives me a good chance to talk about offsetting actually. You referenced it a moment ago. You know, businesses can only do so much. They can make this change, they can reduce their energy, then they can look at that supply chain, but there's always going to be something left over for the time being. They're not going to be able to get down to zero unless they look at kind of offsetting. Now we're very much believe that action has to come first. It's not just a, you can't just go. There's some celebrities who think, oh, yeah, I've flown my private jet to Jamaica. I'll just go and plant a load of trees in the Amazon. That's not the answer. We need to get businesses to understand that action and change comes before that. But what we will do, which is really cool, is then connect them to international offsetting projects, but for the first time ever, also local offsetting projects in their region. You know, the way the farming is evolving in this space um, and land and soil um carbon etc you know we'll be able to point that business in derbyshire to hopefully a really cool offsetting project in derbyshire and also biodiversity projects in there as well so um yeah incredible incredible it's it's i just want to jump on what you were saying about there you know it is difficult to get businesses to think in a different way because you know some some businesses have been going around if centuries you know a long long time and you know there's this kind of in a lot of businesses this is the way we've always done it and you know we've just had gone through a global pandemic and now we're getting told you know businesses are getting told that around the corner there's some serious going to be serious changes environmentally socially um economically and i suppose it's going to some businesses take a lot longer to adjust to that but i think the key with with leadership with the businesses that are a little bit slow to this probably sit on the fence not quite sure whether they should be how fast they should be moving they don't want to be the first adopters they're worried about spending the money for me i think it's all about motivation what motivates people and now money is always a good motivation in business but there are other motivators and i know that we're going to touch upon this a bit later on in the conversation but i think innovation is a great carrot on a stick for businesses yes. by being innovators in your sector so being the being the organization that's testing the new technology that's researching in the new spaces that's finding the new categories and then is ultimately positioning themselves above their competition that's a great motivator um yeah. so actually what i might do i might just quickly jump a section here and tap into this and, it's, and this section is called tapping into new markets but have you seen any um, businesses or organizations that have been looking at the bit trying to become more sustainable looking at circular thinking within their organization and then now found new technology and a new market to work in yeah, very much so. It doesn't happen very often yet, but I mean, we have a customer up in Rochdale called um, Crystal Doors, run by a chap called Richard Hagen, who's the most innovative person in this space yeah, you could possibly imagine. I mean, he really is a leader and he's actually going to take that lead, I think, in the manufacturing sector to to help them get on there. But he's invested in, you know, new technology. He's been doing this for five five years properly you know, biomass boilers, all this uh, you know, electric fleet vehicle. He's, got, he's quite a specialist manufacturer, so he's actually worked with some of the manufacturers to create products um, and give his input and, and help them sort of design these products and what he would want from them, et cetera. So, you know, that's brilliant. Um, but again, it's that whole cycle again. I think the more and more people that we start at the bottom of this chain about who want to make the change, the technology will be driven 
at a lot faster pace. Um, there is that, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning. I think, you know, we should mention it. I think sometimes when new technology comes onto the market and it doesn't work particularly well or the wrong type of equipment is put in for that solution, people become a bit sceptical. For example, um, I keep using solar panels, but maybe battery storage and solar panels is a good one. Often they've been um, put into companies that maybe it wasn't the perfect solution for them or it's been misinterpreted about how much energy will be generated from those solar panels and when they can use it. So it's really important. Again, we've got a green marketplace on Zella where we purely verify all the companies that are on there. And going back to that circular economy, we actually want to connect, if possible, businesses to a local supplier of this innovative tech. So we've got this really cool product that's going around um, that's being made in Nottingham. Um, around it might be that refrigeration unit i spoke about earlier a new a cooler or chiller that's being manufactured in nottingham that nottingham business because we know where they are and who they are we'd be able to connect them directly to these innovative tech companies that are supplying perhaps wants and needs for that individual business yeah brilliant no that's some really great examples there and it's really reassuring to hear that you know you mentioned that couple of good businesses there that are doing these things and not only are they doing their bit but they're doing more than that they're really pushing the envelope and you know looking at new technologies new business models and pushing it forward and that alone is incentive for other businesses to look around and go wow you know they're doing that what can i do so so you picked on some really really cool points there there's one bit johnny i'll just come back to actually because i felt i missed it when we were talking about that money section and funding as well so businesses sooner or later We'll have to go on this journey, um, even if it's ultimately the last thing where the government comes over and bashes them on the head and says, you've got to do this. But they will get tax breaks. They will have better access to funding. I mean, the the programme we've done with the East Midlands Chamber, which is the first time I've seen this. So any company now that wants to apply for green funding, there's lots of green funding initiatives available in the East Midlands. If they want to apply for that, they have to show that they have got a sustainability action plan. So it's only going to be available to businesses who have a plan, which is brilliant because this is why this will enforce change because otherwise people will just take along and go, I don't need to do it. But if they actually realise that they can't have access to that funding or green funding for that piece of tech because they've not got a plan, then that's a great prompt. That might follow soon where they start getting tax breaks. I mean, this is all, you know, this might happen into five or 10 years or 15, but it will happen where one day a government will say, right, what are you doing, Mr... Mr. Baker, around your sustainability, we need to know it. And it's happening at those big, large corporate companies, but it will filter down. And if companies aren't prepared for this, they're just going to be left in a hole, um, to be honest, because they're going to find that they might have to, um, again, spend money to get there quicker um, or meet certain regulation and take away from their business. But this can't be done overnight. This is something, again, thinking about that, going back to that time, you know, we're not forcing people to get there in a quicker time as possible some of our customers do because they're really passionate but it's making this journey go on a you know a realistic timeline um but they need to start it now because they will get monetary benefits from it no it's, it's this is great to hear and it's exactly where we need to go and 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 you know you only have to look over say the next five so say maybe 10 years you know and businesses if we look at equality and diversity and we're making sure that businesses are being um 
you know are being equal and diverse in the way that they onboard people into their business the way that they recruit people the way they treat people the internal culture and i love the fact that you know we're now moving into equality diversity and sustainability what are you doing to be more sustainable what are you doing to reduce your carbon what are you doing to make sure that you're being less wasteful and i I suppose with having a sustainability plan like you mentioned I'm guessing Zella is the perfect platform to help with that because the framework in which you use Zella is probably mirrors a sustainability plan. So is that is that something that you can support businesses with? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's a big part of what we need to do, really, because if they don't have a plan, and again, it's, it's a, with the chain, we've been talking about a plan, but maybe it needs to be called something else. But they need to have a guide almost of what, and that's what on your Zella profile. When you, once you've created it, there's just a few actions on the left hand side which tell you know which will help your Zella score or your sustainability score. Just but simply that you can do. So they're prompted every time they get their profile. So it might be you know I mentioned appointing a sustainability officer. You know, have you done that? Tick great. Have you posted your first social media post around? Um, yourself being a green business or that you've told those people that you've done a sustainability um program or activation so yeah it's very much about having that plan and there's no as i say this is it depends on that individual business and trying to get an understanding from them through the platform about what they want to do how much they need to do because a lot of small businesses don't actually need to do very much they might only need to make two or three major changes and they will reduce their emissions by 90%. 90%. They might not even have to, might, won't even have to cost them anything. It's just a, a couple of things that they need to implement. So, um, but that plan is really important because it's like anything. If you've, if you've, if you've understood what your emissions are, benchmark yourself, you then need to have a pathway um, to achieve those things. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think from what, from the businesses that I'm talking to, there seems to be like a baseline framework that you can look at in terms of like energy, transport, material, yeah. supply chains. They're like your the low hanging fruit in, in some respects. Yes. But there seems to be a lot of organic testing, experimentation, and kind of people figuring out as they're going along. And I think as it's one of those things that it's like cooking. Once you sort of learn the basics of cooking, then you can kind of experiment and cook, make your own recipes. But we're seeing some really good innovation and some really yes. good ideas uh, uh, that people are doing. And I suppose this leads me on to my next question. But when people start going through this process and start looking at the creating a sustainability plan and activate it, um, are we seeing new like markets emerging now we're seeing new business models that are coming out of this transformation yeah that's a great question i can't give you specific detail but i think the answer to that question is yes um i'm just trying to think if i can think of an example i think you know going back to manufacturing for example they can have that point of difference by perhaps being the first manufacturer in that space. I'm talking about manufacturing generally now, but there's obviously, when you break it down, there's so many different micro sectors around manufacturing. But say if it's vinyl wrap doors, for example, and there's, you know, it's all a competitive market, that vinyl wrap door company that first introduces that tech or innovation for their product, I mean, let's be honest, they might all be offering a very similar thing. But if they can create that point of difference, and it's most likely now, I think, to come point of difference, whatever sex you're in, is how genuine and what you're doing around becoming sustainability. And genuine is really important because with Zella, transparency is absolutely key on this. So what we're trying to do, even if you're not perfect, I believe, we believe, Zella believes, and I think most people do. If you can go on to, if you can see what a company is doing, even if they're not perfect on this journey, 
but they're starting to implement things that are taking them on that track you're more likely to trust and recognize that brand than you would if you saw some statement that's hidden on a website saying how we sourced this from there and sourced that from there and it's all ethical but there's no substance to it whatsoever because there's an awful lot of that going on so we need to create that totally transparent view i totally agree and that leads me really nice into the next question actually because we we're not going to talk loads about greenwashing, but the, the where, where we're seeing a bit of greenwashing coming from is that people aren't monitoring their supply chains correctly. Because although they've got the right intentions, they're purpose-led and they've done everything right internally, they're using suppliers that are doing things terribly and yes. then obviously then they're saying that they're one thing well actually when you go down into the dna of their product and how it's produced we're finding out hang on this isn't exactly what you're saying what you're saying it is so I, I suppose i'd like to jump on supply chains here and um are, are you seeing supply chains sort of developing and changing with the influence of companies uh and how can how can companies make sure that they do have an earth-friendly supply chain what what are the checks that they can do to to prevent that from yeah. happening yeah, brilliant. And I think, um, firstly, that is being led, I would say, at the moment by large organisations. There are some out there that are doing it. Don't get me wrong, there's hundreds and thousands that aren't taking responsibility in this space. But um, what I can think of a good example is probably food manufacturing. We're working with a, a few mood, uh, food manufacturing businesses in Northamptonshire. We've actually got a blueberry farmer and they supply, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking words out of their mouth, but maybe 75% of their business goes to one of the major supermarkets. And this supermarket now is being very specific and asking lots of things of this supplier about, you know, what they're doing in this space, you know, even to stuff around, you know, how they plant their blueberries, what soil they're using, fertilizer, you know, all this is being asked by these supermarkets. And, you know, you could feel, you know, there's a bit of sympathy, I think, for some of these small producers because, you know, they are being asked to, to do quite a lot um, from these major suppliers but there again there's the other side where good in some ways because you know they are the people that need to lead it those big these big companies without making it difficult for those suppliers which i don't think they are but they now is how we then take that into you know the next tier those medium-sized businesses that are then asking their supply chain because it goes down i mean this is a complex and wide ranging subject because this could be get quite a time-consuming job i think for a lot of small businesses look at your supply chain because if you start looking at oh, the, the guy who drops off your milk every morning um, at, the, at the office, which might be a minor thing, but, you know, how are they traveling here? Are they an electric car or, um, you know, what tea bags are you using? <laughs> you know, you can go into that detail. But I think, obviously, the logical sequential order, again, is starting with those big supplies you've got. Um, and I think, you know, it's not something I'm an expert on, but from far from it, but is how you actually approach that conversation, I think. With that supply and you've got a great relationship with them and you're being certainly open and transparent about what you are and even creating your story and even if they're not asking for it you've got to share this sustainable journey with your employees with your customers but also your supply chain before they even ask for it because you'll then be a leader in that space as well because you'll be being proactive and saying look we've you know we've created our sustainability plan and journey we want to share it with you and here's what we're doing and how can you perhaps help us with that i love that that's uh that is really really cool that you know creating your sustainability story the narrative sharing that with your supply chain and then saying how can you help us that's a really really logical mature way of approaching it because demonizing nudging 
it doesn't work and 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 bullying to a point you know saying if you don't do this we're going to take away our business because like you said we're all on this journey no one's perfect um you know everyone's everyone's kind of working their way through this and if we work our way through it together uh, for a big for kind of more combined joint purpose um and we can find common ground through all of this then I, I think that's a really cool way of doing it. I love yeah. what you said there. No, that's great. Joe. Funny enough, linked to that, and it's something that we we've had there for a long time. It will probably come in the next year or two. But it's actually how can we credit a business for getting that business on the journey as well? So if they can then start sharing these stories and telling these stories, and then asking them, how can we help you as well? And that business will go well. You know, we're using this platform or we're doing this methodology with Zella. If you can sign up, we could actually. Once we've got a picture of those emissions from that business, why can't the business that actually introduced them on this journey take the credit for what they've done as well? So if you start telling that story, I mean, number one, it's going to build that relationship. I mean, your supplier or whoever it is is going to love you. Think, oh, thanks. This is really, you know, you've helped us here. We've got on our journey as well. And then also saying to the company that actually asked, you know, asked that question in the first place can actually take credit for that business getting on their journey as well. And when you put all those emissions together, you know, you could break some pretty cool stories about, you know, what they've done to save. Yeah. save it's money. like commission without the money. It's like you're exactly. getting commission, yes. saving like the planet that. commission. It, you know, and it might be, yeah, and, we, you know, you can save them that. You can get that, dare I say, sort of social benefit as a brand for doing that. But, you know, you might end up helping your supplier save money. Yeah. You know, they might have, you know, did you know about this bit of equipment? And again, funny enough, this this is not only just suppliers actually joining, it's also actually getting sectors to work together as well. So we're creating a community hub on the website, uh, which is separate from your profile, which is a space for, um, let's use accountants, there'll be an accountancy community on there, or an East Midlands community, or a Derbyshire Dales community, where they can go on. They can get all that education I spoke about earlier around resources and downloads and guides, but they can also um talk to one another and say well i've just installed these led lights it's you know saved me this off my emissions and it's reduced my energy bills by 25 percent oh that's interesting you know so creating that community um you know people have got to help each other and i think if i'm honest it's probably a bit of a problem in this space they're getting so much noise from everywhere these businesses they're getting it from government they're getting it from academics they're getting it from their um customers they're getting it from their kids when they come home from school <laughs> telling them about it so you know where do they, everyone needs to work together in this space to make sure that these things happen and not oh you've, that's better than that or this is better than that or don't do that you know we've got to stop that and we've got to encourage everyone to to go on this in the right way agreed yeah and, and you know you talked about incentives there incentives and how businesses can help each other but you mentioned about credits and that's quite or like you could look at credits or accreditation um someone mentioned really uh, recently about symbolism as well like a symbol that says we are this you know we're and i, I know in within agriculture carbon credits is becoming quite a big thing but yeah. I, i'd like to see a universal approach to, to credits like yes. building credits building accreditation and so you know you go to a restaurant now you've got the smiley faces um you know this i'm or trust pilot but they, they, if there was an accreditation to how sustainable you are, and there was a really clear way of measuring that, I think, like you said, anyone that's really into the way the way they spend their money, the business they want to work with, the places they want, the the, the organisations that they want to 
use then this accreditation could be really important but it needs to be universal it needs to be through every business and every sector totally and accreditation is an interesting one because again you know some sectors will be will be driven around accreditation like the iso stuff that manufacturers have to do you know they it's quite key but again we're going back to that small business solution so you know what can we create that people will recognize and identify with fairly easily and that's why we've created that zeller score so you mentioned TripAdvisor. So we are creating that sustainability score. Now, it's got a long way to go because it's based on everything you can do on the platform at the moment, and it will evolve and evolve. And, um, you know, we're actually going to be speaking to universities about algorithms and everything around that. How can we really build out that score? But again, it's going back to that transparency. If you can see, um, you know, I'll be honest, you know, there's a bit of a TripAdvisor element to what we're trying to do because we want every single business, small business, a 6.1 million or whatever it is of them, to have a Zella profile even if they don't have to pay for it. You know what I mean? They've got a profile, but how's it going to look if they've got nothing on their profile or compared to their next door neighbor, maybe two coffee shops, for example, young person passionate about climate change, walking along, well, this company's not got a Zeta profile. There's nothing on there. I don't know what they're doing. Oh, this, this one next door is doing this, 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 and this. They're investing in projects they're doing biodiversity they're doing volunteering days which is another thing that we're really trying to encourage people to do people that will become in the decision making process for buying a lot higher um not less well it is now imagine what it's going to be like in 10 15 years yeah amazing oh man good the best of luck with that and i think it's such a great idea yeah and we can support you in any way um i definitely want to help you with that yeah okay brilliant well, we've covered the majority of sections now. We're on the last section now. And I think this is probably a quite nice to start rounding this up. So um, for businesses out there that are looking at this, they they kind of, they're interested, they're curious, they want to do better. Um, outside, like, obviously, well, first thing first, if they look, let's look at Zella. What should they do? How can they, how can they get involved with Zella? Right. Okay. Well, the first thing um, they need to do, if they recognize that they need to go on this journey, they need to create a Zella profile, which literally takes one minute. There are lots of um, quite nice incentives around um, within the UK, to be honest, but particular focus on the East Midlands, where there are actually funded Zella licenses available through Derby University, through the East Midlands Chamber of Commerce, through some of the LEPs we're working with. So we're the Lincolnshire, Greater Birmingham and Solihull, Leicester and Leicestershire, and part of Northamptonshire have actually all purchased funded fully funded licenses for their business communities. So that will give them one year's access to the to Zella. So really simple, create their profile, understand what their emissions are, bit of data input and inquired. I mean, this is, we're talking about 10 minutes here. I mean, time we've spoken, you know, we could have had six or seven businesses really get started on this journey. So they've just got that initial piece um, to go through. And, you know, they've got to kind of step up and it's probably the easiest, simplest way um, to do it is, is through a platform like ours. Yeah, brilliant. And outside of Zella, if businesses you know do want to contribute, they want to be more sustainable. What kind of networks and um, support is there out there that they can look into? Yeah, I think at the moment education is key. So educating them around this subject is absolutely really important. So that's why I spoke about that community hub where they can download guides. But we're actually going to be working with quite a lot of our partners as well on this. So. Um, we're just about to sign an agreement with one of the big recycling national recycling companies who as a partner of Zella will actually support their customers going on a full sustainability journey, not just in waste and recycling, but also help them with everything else. But they will actually provide content 
on the Zeller platform around waste and recycling for our users as well. Um, we're doing the same with Cooperative Bank. We've just announced that partnership. It's really exciting. Um, you know, they're by far the most ethical and sustainable bank in the UK, but hardly anyone knows it. Um, you know, if you put, um, you know, what their beliefs are and what they do against some of the other major banks, you pick them every single time. So, you know, they also want to support some of their customers on that journey uh, as well. And they funded some licenses. So, and we've got a really exciting one that we're about to announce with one of the major um, renewable electricity suppliers that is similar to that. So there's going to be lots of opportunity for people to take a funded, certainly for the first year, Zeller license. So it's not even going to cost them anything. And I think going back to that um, piece as well, we're a subscription model, Johnny, which I've not mentioned before. So we cost literally, um, you know, currently £250 plus VAT per year um, for our subscription. So if you compare it to other ways of getting advice and access to all the things that you need to go on that journey you know it's going to be the most cost effective as well yeah and in terms of return on investment you know the amount of money they're going to save going through this process will way outweigh that and not only that by like you said earlier by being more sustainable by being a green organization you become a beacon for talent for the right type of people to into organization yeah. Yeah, and uh, one thing I was going to mention earlier, which was really really nice story actually, which you made me think of earlier, was this. Um, uh, well, I think it's quite a large East Midlands law firm. I won't mention them, but they obviously are trying to recruit the very best graduates from across the UK to come and join their firm. Now, the first question they had last year from a graduate was, "This is before they got into any job details, absolutely anything around it." He was, "What, what is your company doing around sustainability?" And these two there I say senior partners sort of looked at each other and didn't really know what to say. But what the interesting thing was, he'd been for an interview, uh, another law firm who was quite forward thinking in this space and could answer that question quite well. And that at the end of the day can be the difference that generation Z about taking that job when they're in that position. Okay. This, this person's obviously very well qualified, but that's just going to happen more and more. And if, if it comes down to a 50, 50 choice, people will go where they where they think is best on that's that. it. and interviews these days it's 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 the uh interviewee that's asking the questions not the interviewer yeah so businesses need to be prepared with those answers because they're gonna gonna get asked these questions more and more and more yeah and it links nicely actually to the whole employee because employees are a massive part of this journey as well so um engaging them in this is really important so we've got a volunteering platform on the on the platform as well. So we're working with Volkswagen at the moment um, in a pilot scheme with some of their dealerships, but all of their employees get two volunteer days a year that they use. A lot of the, a lot of companies do this. So we can actually connect all those employees through the hub to those volunteering projects that we've got on the platform locally. So rather than, you know, if it comes to a team building day, for example, they can go down for a morning down to the riverbed and clean that up, go on a litter pick, go and count some butterflies, whatever it, as they want to do but you know having that culture in the organization that they care about these things and also get the employees involved in it is really important yeah it's incredible but this uh, this podcast was originally designed for leadership but the more shows that we do we're starting to realize that you know it's for everyone and actually the most of the change makers that are coming in through businesses now are some of the junior levels that are saying to their bosses why are we doing it like this why don't we do this and they're the ones that listen to podcasts like this and and yeah. thinking actually you know i'm gonna introduce Ella to my boss now so yeah, anyone that is listening to this show and you want to work for a much greener business and you don't feel like the business that you're working in now is doing the right things 
then hopefully like you know the conversation we've had today has been really useful yeah definitely and i think john just onto that i think some businesses of our early customers are actually being able to give an area of responsibility here to someone who wouldn't normally get it so they might not be a manager or a you know a director but because they've got that passion in this space they're actually enhancing their their job by giving them that role to lead on him on this so it's kind of making them more attached to that employee the employee appreciates the company more etc cetera, etc cetera. And that is a really good starting point for businesses is to assign an individual or a small team to really get their teeth into this. Because like you said, you know, C-level suite, the leadership founders, super, super stressed out, super busy with everything that's going on economically, socially. So it's good to have a team that's got a bit more breathing space that gets it a bit more and, and try and find someone in the organization who does actually care about it and is passionate about it because they're more likely to be look at this in much more detail, you know, and, and kind of really engage with it more than maybe someone who just gets given it who might not be into it. Totally. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned loads of businesses in, in this in, in this conversation. That's great. And what I'll do is we'll put everything in the show notes. We'll obviously put all your details in the show notes and on the comments, um, whatever platform this goes out on. I just want to say thank you. I think we should probably have a conversation again in a few months' time. It sounds like you guys are doing some amazing things and going to some amazing places. But I just want to thank you, Richard, for your time. Thank you, Johnny. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Low Carbon Business Podcast is brought to you by the University of Derby. Thank you to all our partners. The show is produced by Seed. Audio by Guru Music. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening to this on. To get in touch, contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to hear about your business, project or idea. Save money, protect the environment and re-energise your business. This is the Low Carbon Business Podcast.